another sign to good health, and that's good mental health. Friends, we have a we have a very different look at group golf therapy this evening and one that I'm very excited for. We're we're in between seasons and you know we're we're typically a little quiet around this time, but the full swing came out on Netflix. And for this betwixt season special session, we're joined by a friend of the program, <laughs> uh, a golf sicko in Daniel Rappaport's vernacular, <laughs> group golf therapy season three <laughs> alumnus. Newly wed and recent toe dipper turned polar plunger into the icy abyss of self-employment. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Ben Boscovich. Wow. Hey, the potato chip guy. Wow. Thank you. That was um, (laughs) a warm welcome. Did you prepare that or was that off the cuff? I took a shower five minutes before jumping on here and I was like, we got to give him something. Oh my God, that is brilliant. Uh, I'm so, I'm like sweating. That was so nice. I've never been uh, welcome so long. <laughs> well, ba- Bosco, welcome to our uh, emergency state of the union, state of golf podcast. We have, uh, we have a lot to unpack tonight and we could, we could record a full episode on one of the episodes of Full Swing, sure. but um, I think, I think we just want to kick it off and, and talk about, you know, just general thoughts, vibes, but yeah, just initially, Bosco, what, what are your thoughts? How you, how are you feeling after, after digesting, you know, eight episodes, you know, almost eight hours of, of golf content from inside the ropes last year? Um, I feel heartened, I would say, to put it in one word. I, uh, I wrote a piece the day this came out, uh, I wrote it before the day it came out, but it came out um, on the 15th along with the docuseries. Um, and I headlined it in a way that I think, you know, the four of us and and the people we're talking to every day can really appreciate, I hope, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, Netflix's full swing might actually help, parenthetical, I'm going to say it, grow the game. Um, oh, fuck. A phrase we, you know, in our circle and I think in, uh, you know, the golf media and adjacencies that we hear about grow the game uh, all the time. That That's a phrase we don't really want to, I guess, embrace as warmly as, as when people first started saying it. Um, but I think that mm-hmm. Netflix's full swing actually can do that. I, uh, I wrote in the piece that I tried to watch this as not myself, but as somebody who picked up golf in the past couple of years, um, you know, during the pandemic and uh, hadn't really dove deep into the PGA tour as much as their own personal practice. And this was their chance to kind of like catch up with all of us that have been tuning in Thursday through Sunday for decades. Right. Um, and I thought that it really accomplished that goal of being an introduction to golf, being an introduction to the PGA tour and that whole culture, um, being introduced to the news cycle that we all experienced this past year without shoving it, that stuff down our throats because we, Mm. you know, we got a lot of the live talk in the past year. And I think it got a little saturated. The drama did. And I think these guys that made this doc, um, I wrote in the piece, I successfully avoided the Bravo ification of, uh, you know, the last season of the PGA tour. However, and I said this in the piece as well, and that's the last time I'll say in the piece, I promise. Um, <laughs> I'm just shamelessly plugging this article on Esquire.com right now. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> I would gladly watch an Andy Cohen led reunion with like Brooks Kepka. <laughs> wow. 
and Bryson <laughs> and Rory and Tiger, uh, JT. I think that would be incredible TV. Andy Cohen might be the only person that could bring them back together, yeah. bring that whole group together. I, I don't think anyone else could do it as as uh, as effortlessly as as that man. He might be the only person to green light it too. Yeah, he might be the the commish of the Live Meets PGA Tour Big Brother house that we that we eventually <laughs> wind up with. Who will get this rose? Who will get this this bouquet of golf clubs? <laughs> it it has all the makings. I, I like I like where you're going with that, Ben. <laughs> ben, I I think for me, after reading your piece that that came out on on Esquire.com, it actually changed my mindset of how I was going into watching the watching the series. So I I actually took a little bit longer time to watch it than I think a lot of a lot of us golf sickos were. Uh, we're watching it you know we had we had or a lot of a lot of people had already digested it you know in early last week you know maybe by by the 16th they had already been halfway through uh, but for me personally I had been I've been on the road for the past three weeks so my time to watch this was on the plane so I had downloaded downloaded it all to my phone and I I didn't really get a chance to to really dig in until the um, like over last weekend uh, when I was on the plane so for me, I was going in like I was going in as a golf sicko, as a golf fanatic, saying like this is for me, like this is content that is just for me because I love golf. Uh, but after reading uh, your piece, and, and honestly, I try to not, um, I try to not consume a lot of uh, reviews before I watch something, just because I want to go in with my own opinion. But um, I saw your piece, read that, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go in to watching this as someone that might be new to the game because that is actually who this Netflix series was mm-hmm. for. It just like um just like the Drive to Survive or the tennis uh the tennis one which I haven't seen yet either. Uh, they're 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 making this to bridge the gap between like you said between the 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 golf fanatic and those that are are just um being introduced to it. So for me that was a great uh like reset to um, not think about it like this is just golf content for for me as someone that loves the game, uh, but going into it from the perspective of like this is this might be a little below my you know level of of uh, experience, but um, but yeah, that was that was a good that was a good, a good place to start for me at least. So you're saying you knew what the cut line was before uh, you started watching this. this <laughs> Well, you better if you've watched the entire season and explain it to you seven different times. It, right. it, it was like they, they put that together thinking that each one of those episodes could have been the first episode in the series. And they were like, remember, yes. we have to remind them what the cut is and that after two days, the, the field get cut in half. They don't make any the, money. That was a Netflix note for sure. There's, they for got a series sure. on there that... Uh, you can watch out of order, and it's like a choose your own adventure. You will, yeah, you'll get it all. Every the, it's, it's like when you see something with like the recap at the beginning of each episode. You're like, well, I've already seen, like, I already know. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. It's, it, it's funny that you mentioned that, Drew, and and your point, Bosco. Like, whenever I'm watching a, a series like this, and I think we're gonna have comparisons aplenty in this recap to the F1 series and the tennis series that just got put out. A, because they're very similar, made by the same production company, hosted on the same platform. What I think the the F1 series did really, really well was it established a very clear goal. Introduce the sport of F1 to a market, to an audience that has never entertained watching that sport before, the U.S. market. And I think in doing so, in defining that goal, it delivered its message really, really clearly. 
here's what F1 is. Here's how all the teams work. work. Here's how the season works. Here's how the, the season season long race for the you know title works, all of that sort of stuff. In my mind, full swing might have gone astray in defining what its true goal was. Because you mentioned, Drew, like it, they wanted to bridge the gap between the person who's new to the game and the, the, the golf sicko old head who's like who knows everything like we do. And I think it just sets up a tremendously difficult task to hit both of those audience and satisfy both of those audiences. And therefore, like I just I, I felt like it was sort of all over the place in terms of how they were delivering the information that they were delivering based on. Here's how the game of golf works. Granted, mm-hmm. in, enormously difficult challenge. The the world of professional golf is so complicated that even you know we, if we had to explain it to a beginner, you'd be like, "There's like okay, so there's like seven governing bodies. The PGA yeah. Tour is like kind of <laughs> the the primary one, but there's all these other ancillary tours, and then you throw in the Live Tour, and it's like there's kind of this long playoff." thing but nobody really gives a shit about that everybody's sort of playing for the majors oh and you don't have to play all of the events that are available it's just like a, it's a banana land festival yeah. there's like 300 mm-hmm. people yeah. who play on the pga tour 150 <laughs> of them at any given time could play on one week it's a it, my point here mm-hmm. is that it's a it's a tremendously complicated and nuanced landscape that is really difficult to explain and i i wanted more i watched the series with my girlfriend who's knows a little bit about golf just because of what I do for work but she's still a beginner she left episode eight not knowing how the PGA tour functions mm. and I'll say this <laughs> that's a problem that's an issue that's, that's, yeah. fair. that's an issue that's yeah. Fair. yeah I'll say this I, and this might be kind of a hot take I, you know all of the all of the promo that we've been getting shoved down our throats for the last several months about this series and like oh my god they're gonna unveil all this shit it's crazy that they chose this season when Liv came in I actually think that live the onset of live during the season that they chose to film this first season hurt them in the long run hmm. because that added such hmm. another layer of complexity to yeah. this already really viscous, sticky, complicated stew of describing how the <laughs> professional golf landscape works. Wow. That you're just like, wait a second, what? Like there's another thing that like also right. includes human rights violations and like <laughs> yeah. we're just not going to address <laughs> that whatsoever. So we, we were just talking about, we golf. Were talking about golf and now we're and talking about beheading. Let's talk about a cut. Yeah. So like <laughs> all that, all that to say, I, and, and I want like pushback here and discussion here, but like for me, it just, it felt as though a, that the task is really, really tough to describe yeah. how, how golf works and deliver the human interest storytelling that they did very well. And we can get into that down the road. But it just kind of fell a little flat on like the, the educational element of it for me. They tried to weave it in somehow. So after watching it, now I, I was like, this was much more for golf people than it was not for golf people. Because all of the storylines, all of the narratives that, that we had to follow... I, I enjoyed it because I know all the char- I know the cast of characters. I know the right. people that they were talking about. But if you're not from the golf world, why would you care? Yeah, yeah. Like they they like making each episode about essentially one or two individuals. When there's like you said, Connor, 150 people that could win on, on any given weekend. That you know the top 30 probably there's the most parity. But you know when you try to 
tell a story about golf and and introduce it to people, they really only told the story of about twenty people at at max. Yeah. And it's if the it was so it's so hard to do that and educate at the same time and introduce Liv. So I I actually agree that Liv did hurt their story their ability to tell an educational story, and it. it, it Obviously, brought more drama, but it was not doing any favors for the the storyline and, and that. Narrative. It would have been such a good second season storyline. Yeah, mm. if season one is just like this is the PGA Tour, this is what it is, and then Liv comes in season two and is like, "We're fucking it all up. We're the Night Walkers." Yeah, why not do that if your bigger audience isn't us, isn't coming in for what they hyped up in the promos? Which before I even go on, Connor, you've changed my mind the way that I supposedly changed Drew's mind. Um, <laughs> it's a Jacob's ladder of mind changing. Yeah, Brad, you're up next, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Connor often does that. <laughs> um, it, it's just, it's just love language. And from what I understand, um, he just finished watching it last night. Oh, so he's fresh this, this yeah. morning. This morning, yeah, this yeah. morning. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, so 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 he's fresh, he's hot, came out with some poignant poignant points. Um poignant. Of, of which, you know, like none none of them I disagree with. I I agree, you know, is incredibly hard to just explain what the PGA tour is. Like mm. period. Um where they get the money from, like how points work. Uh they we don't 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 get to talk about the cut. We know what the cut is. Um <laughs> for for you to watch with a you know someone that has like cursory knowledge of golf and for them to walk away being like hmm, you know take it or leave it you know like that that's a that's an issue and that's i agree that's where i think they failed where i think they excelled and and you um you brought this up the storytelling i thought was incredible if this were a series about people Give him the Peabody, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, if, if this were a story about, like, here, these are the characters of this sport. Well done. Hats off. Uh, I, I guess maybe that that is why I enjoyed it so much. I didn't watch the F1 series, so I don't know, like, what their goal was. Um, the The goal here for me not knowing much about like why this thing exists outside of like golf is booming. Let's make a doc about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought was like, I, I, I wanted to watch it again just because like as a golf sicko, I know who these people are. I know a little bit about their backstory and, um, like, but not enough. Like I did not know about, um, like I know Tony Finau, for example, was a family man. Didn't know the extent. Didn't know the why. Yeah. Um, Mito Pereira before Southern Hills. Never heard of him. Uh, <laughs> and you Joel wouldn't. Damon. Right. Exactly. Because right. they they do the you know these are our guys. We'll put them on every promo thing. Uh, if you watch the Golf Channel. Yeah. Um, Joel Damon. I would run through a brick wall for Joel Damon. God damn. Um, you know so like those are the things i took away loving about this series and 
Um, caught a, <laughs> caught a little. I caught some strays on TikTok today uh, for for defending some folks in the uh, in the series. I made a you know full swing recap. I'm gonna do episode by episode, but I start I started with the Brooks Kepka. <laughs> <laughs> Because well, the first episode is kind of boring. Oh, the first episode, yeah, dog. We can, all right, let's dive in. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We might as well. Let's start from the top. Eat that one. Can I just say I didn't like the name of the first episode and that they tried so desperately to frame Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth as frenemies. When yeah, but the dog, episode what, what doesn't that? even actually frame them. The title was misleading to what Correct. was actually in the episode. Like, yeah. one thing if they even tried yeah. in editing to make it seem like they didn't like each other, but they didn't even do that. Well, they did That's that like one. trying to do that with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good luck. <laughs> the, 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 only, the only reason that would make them frenemies is the fact that they compete against each other, but that had nothing to do with their actual friendship or the, or the, the, sh- how they portrayed them. Like they didn't even try to make the narrative. That I they bet were they were more frenemies when they were kids and weren't mature and were, sure. you know, conditioned I'm, to I'm hate sure. each other and, and losing to each other, you know, killed their egos a lot more than it does now. When he's like, he was the best man in my wedding. It's like, okay, well you're, you guys yeah. are good. Like, yeah. I don't I, have a secret tension with the best man at my wedding. Yeah. Uh, I, I gotta say, when I left having watched the first episode feeling nothing. I was like, this was an odd place to start, especially after editing. It it felt like, you know, if you're making if you're making an album of music and you have ten songs on the table and you're thinking about how to sequence them, you're not going to put the dud first. And and that I'm sorry, like <laughs> just Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. I don't have necessarily anything personal against them. I think they're both well-meaning uh, Southernish gentlemen. Who, who happen to be very, very good at moving the pebble around the grass. They're just not very interesting folks. Like the, and, and their relationship again, as, as much as, as much as they framed it as like, these guys are really friends and they're really goofy with each other. And they're like, in, they're like practical jokesters. The one example of that was that Jordan Spieth paid a bunch of money to a valet guy to move Justin Thomas's car to another parking lot. Like that, odd that was about that's not even that's not even funny like there was there was no dramatic tension in like from so from a storytelling perspective it just it didn't leave you interested in the rest of the series so you had to watch the second no. episode about brooks which i'm excited to like hear how you defended him and and jenna bradford yeah um because that one was like that was a delicious episode with so much to, to unpack yeah. especially yeah. within the framing of ggt and like mental health because mm-hmm. Brooks, Kepka. that one felt specifically made for us, not just the four My people boy. talking yeah. on GDT yeah. right now, but 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 golf sickos, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, let's let's talk about episode two, episode one. Yeah, whatever. cool. Um, <laughs> eat it. So so I got on TikTok and I was like, uh, I, I I did the you know if you don't know what full swing is da da da. Episode two talks about Brooks Kepka. Gave like a quick you know this is his CV up to this point. Um, and I was never a Brooks Kepka fan. Like I, I, I would never right. call myself a Brooks Kepka fan. He, to, to me, you know, yeeted himself into the conversation <laughs> in like 2017, uh, 2018, 2019, like when he was chasing the number one. Yeah. And, and he won them back to back majors. And I was like, okay, like this dude, he, he's got like a little chip on his shoulder. He doesn't, he doesn't walk and talk like. Mm-hmm. You know the Jordan Spieths of the world. 
I was like, okay. He like, looks like a Brolin look. offspring, by the way. And I, no one has <laughs> ever pointed that out. And I don't know Especially why. Especially when you see his dad, when you see his dad yeah. yucking it up at, oh. at the masters with his, yeah. with his chums, with his bruvs. Yeah. Like with his bruvs. Are they related? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. Go Thanos? on, my <laughs> friend. Is that Thanos? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so, oh, uh, I mean, biggest takeaways for me, which I pointed out in the in the TikTok video, um, Mans is distracted. Mans mm. is not here. Mm. Mans. Uh, well, first I'll say, Brooks Kepka does not. He's not interested in being a professional golfer. Like that. That does not come across to me whatsoever. I think his his north star is to beat other people at golf. Mm. I, like mm. no, nothing in my body or mind leads me to believe Brooks Kepka loves being on tour and loves being a tour player and loves like the, the, the sanctity of the history of golf. Like he leads off the conversation saying a lot of people think golf's a gentleman's game. I'm here to prove them wrong. And I think mm-hmm. that is literally like his why he is there for blood. He is there for the money. He is there to get in and get out. Like mm. I, I, I'm not here to make friends. I'm my brim is down by my <laughs> nose. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. I'm just here, I'm so here for fined. the money. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in the video that I made, I talked about that and said, you know, the, the, the most painful thing to me, and, and this speaks to where I believe he is mentally um, obviously don't know him personally, like just watching this as, uh, you know, on, on my couch, I'm watching on Netflix. I don't know you, Brooks Kepka. However, what I saw was an anxious person. What I saw was um, a distracted person. Mm-hmm. What I saw is someone whose self-worth is wrapped up and tied up in whatever like his finish line is. And I don't know what that is. My speculation is like, just like beating other people, being majors better than you and money. <laughs> yeah. Majors and money. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, so, and I see parallels to that, like in my own life in different versions, but because his self-worth is so tied up in that because, and, and because he hasn't in his opinion lived up to that Brooks Kepka doesn't know who he is when he looks in the mirror. Mm. Like what he sees is a failure in his mind. So trying to maintain a relationship with his fiance, uh, trying to, you know, he's at the masters, got a house full of people that love him, want to, you know, be around him, eat dinner with him, have a good time. He's not there. He's checked out. And I think the anxiety shows up in, um, the way that he presented on camera in his like in his one-on-one interview, like he he's not there. Man's is <laughs> he's lost. not there. He's he is off this planet. And I think, you know, that that might I know it's affecting his game. You know, he felt he had a steep fall off. It's 2017, 2018, 2019, and then boom, Scotty Scheffler comes and knocks you the fuck out. And now he's like, what? <laughs> like, where did this Buzz Lightyear looking motherfucker come from, bro. Like this <laughs> swollen Nate Jacobs came out of nowhere <laughs> drinking his caramel coffee. Right. Swollen so Nate so um sorry, and, and I wanted to uh 
the 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 reason I was getting heat on TikTok is because I defended Jenna. I said, here is a woman who clearly loves this guy, who is clearly his biggest cheerleader, trying like, all right, Netflix is in the house, baby. Like, all right, let me like, you know, I'm trying to be cute. Let me show you that. You know, this is this is what I have picked out. This is the last time I ever be able to wear this. Future Miss Ke- like she's trying. Yeah. And he <laughs> and he's struggling. And he's, he's struggling, struggling to pay attention. He's thinking about his golf swing. He's thinking about his golf swing. He's thinking, uh, God, I gotta get back in the gym. Um he's thinking Scotty Scheffler is living rent free in my mind right now, Jenny. Like I, I don't care what you're talking about. <laughs> and that's hard for me to watch. Um, just personally, like I know what it's like to have an idea of what your life is supposed to look like or you know what you what you want your life to look like and not living up to that and how that affects you mentally and how that affects your your emotions and like your energy and how you can disperse your 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 attention golf takes up a a, a very large piece of real estate in his brain and everything else is like icing on the cake and unfortunately in my opinion from watching that so is like his relationship that is that is icing on the cake for him it's not like his mm. thing it's not his why it's not his his north star and that was hard for me to watch so that was what i made the tiktok video about i got called a simp cuck soy boy <laughs> you name it <laughs> all true Man, you you and saint andre yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my morning Golly. E- empathizing Ooh. with Brooks Kepka was not Golly. something I thought would be uh, on the agenda tonight, but Brad. In, or, uh, or in 2023 at all. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, yeah or ever. But yeah. I totally, uh, in hindsight now, thinking about his face on that screen, agree. He was he was searching. Yeah, for real. For I mean, real. it feels like, it felt like this profile of Brooks Kepka, which was juxtaposed beautifully with that of, of, of Scotty Scheffler, this guy who's on a meteoric <laughs> rise with, as Brooks described, not a single thought in his fucking head. He said when he's the, the moment when he's sitting on his on the couch with his mother wearing a triggered hoodie, talking about yeah. how <laughs> talking about how, you know, you ask Scotty Scheffler what's on his mind. He says probably not a thing. So why wouldn't I do that? And he lingers off into the camera, just like begging for some reciprocation on that <laughs> sentiment. Man. My heart broke. I mean, it feels like this. This profile of Brooks is, it's like it's like a profile of classic forms of masculinity, yes. reckoning with a changing landscape of like social and linguistic shifts that have happened in in culture. How do I exist in this new world where once I used to be able to just fucking Hulk smash through walls and beat the shit out of people, and now I have to be I have to be sensitive and I have to be nuanced and I have to approach my mental game with a with a different degree of of surgical precision that wasn't there before. It it reminded me of I don't, and, and this is perhaps a really deep cut, but in uh, in the movie The Other Guys, Mark Mark Wahlberg and, and Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg's character, who's this grizzled New York City cop, he there's a there's a sub storyline that his character learns ballet and tap dancing ironically to make fun of the quote sissy boys who live down the street and it turns out he's this beautiful tap dancer and ballet dancer <laughs> and and that married to me with this image of Brooks Kepka who's for years been talking about how I don't practice golf doesn't mean fucking anything to me all I do is show up and win and wear my off whites and you know here's the, here's my trophy that I don't really give a shit about 
And and that's not squaring with the Brooks that you're seeing in this show to which you smartly pointed out, Bradford. He's struggling. He's like, re- he does care. I do think he cares about yeah. being celebrated, being a champion. He he has his trophies on display with empty cases for where the big for the next big ones to go. So he's mm-hmm. clearly thinking about golf all the time and wants to be the best in the world. He also mentioned this is just a last aside. He mentioned early on in in his profile, he was like, I became the best player in the world from 2017 to 2019 because I worked harder than everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's a different message than he used to give. He used to say, I didn't practice for shit. I, right. I, I don't give a shit. I just show up at the majors. I don't even play these other wimpy soy boy cuck events on the PGA <laughs> Tour. <laughs> you won't find me at the Valero Texas Open. No, sir. I'm going to be at, at four events every year and that's it. And now he's coming out saying that he was the best in the world because he worked harder than everyone else. It, it, it just the the story, the the, un, the layers of the onion are starting to peel back. And my heart breaks for Brooks Kepka, especially now knowing that he has gone to live. Feels like a weird resignment of his fate to yeah. just giving up. And it, it feels sad. It's a it's a sad admittal of defeat yeah. for me. It feels like his story has closed and he hasn't died or retired yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like he, he there's no, there's no, and I, it, honestly, I feel like that for everyone that has gone to live, whether or not, whether or not the live and PGA tour are able to have any sort of reconciliation and, and there will be any reciprocity between the, the leagues in the future. You know, that's all unknown, but I do feel like all, all of the folks that have left, especially the younger guys like camp Smith, and and Bryson and and folks that they haven't had a chance to complete their legacy on the tour and for me I mean I, I know this pod is not we don't want to talk about live tonight but the thing that I see with live is I understand that they're trying to get global appeal and they're looking for to get people to watch golf that have never watched golf before but for as a true golf fan I don't enjoy just watching golf for the sake of golf. I enjoy watching golf for the storylines. I enjoy watching golf for all of the traditions and the history of the game and watching young players pursue the same, uh, the same things that, that players a hundred years ago were pursuing major, major championships. Uh, and, and when you just are playing golf for just the sake of playing golf, that's not as entertaining to me. And, and that's just like, maybe just me personally, but, I, and that's where I think there's a lot lost in live. It's like, yes, they're going to be fun and exciting and there's going to be all this other stuff. But I'm like, I don't, I don't necessarily, that's not why I'm tuning in to golf. I, 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 I tune in for, for the players and, and the players chasing, uh, chasing greatness and chasing history. And there's no history in live. You know, to that end, I think if we want to talk about things that the show did well, um, I think showing the type of person that went both directions, Mm. um, was painted pretty well. Um, I think you, you see guys like as boring as we thought they were like Spieth and Thomas and Matt Fitzpatrick. These are guys that seem like they've got their shit together uh, morally. And you've got these other guys like Ian Poulter and Brooks Kepka, And you're like, okay, I can see um, why these guys might, uh, earnestly use the word cuck when talking about something like <laughs> Matt Fitzpatrick. And I, speaking of C. juxtaposition, by the way, Connor, the back-to-back shots of Brooks Kepka throwing in a fat lip, a grizzly, and Matthew Fitzpatrick putting on what I can only assume is something above 75 SPF Just over beautiful. his entire body. It's beautiful <laughs> art. 
And you know what? As a golf sicko and as an entertainment consumer, I appreciated that. Two very different forms of self-care and we endorse both of <laughs> <Yes>. them. <laughs> and you know what? To the, you know, go both ways if you want, you know, do both. Why not both? You can do right. both. They balance out in the end, I think. I mean, y'all saw Brooks with his shirt off. He needed that SBF. Oh my he, god! He probably should be wearing more of it. He needed it on parts of his body and other parts. Yeah, of yeah. Right. The, right. I've never seen a guy that jacked tea. with the farmer's tan. Like usually, when you're that jacked, it's like because you spend a lot of time by the pool to show off how jacked you are. And and I saw his pool. Ben, right. this is very unrelated to this uh, to this episode here. But I was on vacation last week down in uh, the the Dominican Republic, and I made a point to tan my feet extra hard. I, I went a shade dark on the feet. Good. In advance of golf season, so that when you know the the sock tan comes out, it, it it there's more of a gradual ramp into that. So I just I again unrelated. I just needed you to to know that you can also make a lot more income from them if there there's no tan line like that's that. That's a good think. point. Um, that's a good point. Oh, that's so hard to do. It is. <laughs> that's so or, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like for the amount of time for the amount of time that you spend golfing, you need to spend that amount of time with your. With your torso, upper arms, and feet also in the sun, but uh, the rest of the body not. I don't know how to do that. We need to invent a garment that's the the opposite of wearing clothes. (laughs) I'm sure. A a tanning bed that just tans your torso and and feet, tops of your feet. (laughs) I'm sure somewhere in the the annals of Zyre Golf's Instagram page, they photoshopped a reverse farmer's tan shirt somewhere. Undoubtedly. Oh, uh, the, my my takeaway from from the episode was I really liked how in the editing they as they were talking about Brooks and and how he was uh, depressed and unable to to think about anything but golf. They show him lounging by his pool in his like million dollar house, and it just shows that you and you know, and, and you know you know Jenna was there as well. So I, I think for for many people, you think that. If you're a famous professional golfer and have all of this talent, you know, a beautiful wife um, that's very supportive of you, that those are the things that, that bring you happiness and joy and, and con- contentment. And that's something that we talk about on the show all the time. It's like you you might think that those are the things that are going to that are going to get you there. But if you're not OK and, and if, if you're not able to, to find joy in other things, then that's just going to that could even make you more depressed and, and more unfulfilled by thinking that by reaching that mountaintop, it's going to, it's going to bring, bring that happiness and joy to your life. So I, I did like how they were showing Brooks in his house, which looked incredible and showed Ripley all of his trophies and talked about all of his accounts. Somewhere in the living room that yeah. made no fucking sense. Did you guys catch that? It's like weird, fuzzy, fuzzy yes. shag swing that he was sitting on. It's art, bro. It was it's uh, Miami Vice level. Yeah. It's Jupiter, Florida, yeah. bro. You wouldn't understand. Yeah. yeah right. I, was, I was like, clearly his, uh, his decorator was, was also decorating many other, uh, oil barons homes in, in Southern Florida. <laughs> but no, I, I, I did, I did like that editing. Cause they could have, they could have put him anywhere. They could have put him, you know, on the golf course, but they, they chose to show him, in his house that looked awesome with his wife, uh, who also looks awesome. So <laughs> it was, it just, it, I don't know. I, I, I like that cause they could have, they could have been t- telling that story other places too. So I thought, I thought that, that, that kind of really resonated with, 
how people think in uh you know and and how people view celebrities and, right. and and athletes like they put them on this pedestal and and everyone thinks like man i wish i wish i had that life and and when you see that i'm like i don't i don't wish for that for a second no, like brooks has all the money in the world he's got major trophies and he's miserable yeah yeah if i ever look that bored and that wonderful of a scenario please Kick me into the pool. And <laughs> yeah. Go, go Gino uh, Benali and punch you in the fucking ribs. Yeah. <laughs> it will remind you, you asked for this. Yes. You told <laughs> us to do this. It's on the record now. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> an, I had a, a miscellaneous question, I suppose. The uh, And this is not related whatsoever to, to anything that we've been talking about. The music choices in this show, <laughs> the, 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 the choices to clear samples from Boney Vare and Hosier, mm. like these these emotional moments. Matt Matt Fitzpatrick chasing down his first major championship at at the U.S. Open, and Boney Vare comes blasting through the TV speakers. Truly caught me off guard, and uh, I love that. It's just a random non sequitur that I I needed to bring up. I didn't even clock the song because I was. Weeping, you're just you're just happened. chanting USA, USA in your home alone. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I, I that was the one. I didn't even. I knew the the Joel Damon story. That's like how I found out about Beautiful. who Joel Damon is is through that Gino Twitter thread. Um, but the the Fitz story, man. Like I I didn't know very much about him. They they moved me to tears with uh, how they they put that together. Indeed. Yeah. Him and Tony Finau just sobbing the entire episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did. They mm-hmm. did such a good job with both of them, man. Um, the storyline about people talking shit about him traveling with his family and that being a distraction to her to his tournament performance, bro. That I like pissed don't me remember off. that that being a storyline this year. Do you? I mean, because j- I I follow folks on Twitter. Yes, uh, um, but. Hmm. That 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 is where it lives, you know. It lives on yeah, on that's, the thumbs, that's Twitter. That's Twitter yeah, shit. on the thumbs of lesser men. Um, <laughs> anyone, anyone who has anything negative to say about someone that has balance in their life and putting it on display, that is a miserable human being. That is a yeah. jealous human being. Mm. That is that is someone that wishes. Yeah that they showed up smiling <laughs> to every day of work like Tony does with his family. Like, bro cried after his first victory because he couldn't be at his son's high school golf tournament. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because, mm-hmm. like, it was, yeah, obviously there was the emotion of, of winning and, like, getting over the hump because people said he couldn't do it. But bro cried because he couldn't be there at his son's golf tournament. That's how much he cares. Like... If you watch that and took away, ah, like family's distraction, something is wrong with you. Like, even I, I can remember, um, folks had the same thing to say about Ricky Fowler. Oh, he got married, and that's why his his skill level dropped. Yeah. First of all, fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's none of your business. Like, for sure. And if you see somebody like your your favorite athlete, like. People have lives outside of just you watching them through the television lens. That's a sports problem. All sports. 100%. It's, it's so it's so gross. It's so gross. 
and and so toxic like it's rocky balboa's trainer mickey saying <laughs> women you know, make the knees women weak. weak in legs yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's toxic and i, I might have laughed at mickey then but like i get it now you know like mm-hmm. it's so toxic because having having that support system around you in my in my opinion and in my experience has only strengthened my ability to to do the work that That's i need to I'm do saying. and, and it's like it's not a distraction. Like anyone that thinks that having your kids and your family around you when you're on the road, when your job is to be a part of a traveling circus, <laughs> you know how much like I miss my kids when I'm gone just for like four, three days. Right. And golfers are gone from their kids for months, months at a time, months. or potentially. Yeah. You know, it's and it's like that's it's so much harder to not be around them than to to be with them. So mm-hmm. I I don't anyone that says things like that, I'm like, do you? love your family right. like do you, uh, yeah because <laughs> i think you got, you got some problems i also feel like that that criticism that type of criticism completely ignores the concept of longevity and mental stability over a period of time success over a period yeah. of time okay let's say tony finau leaves his family at home his wife is grieving over the loss of her father he yeah maybe he wins an extra two events that year but his home life is suffers as a, as a result of that he might get burned out from playing golf and he might quit earlier than he would otherwise. He admits in the show, he's like, yeah, just bringing my family along, maybe put my golf game on the back burner for this year. Yeah, sure. But that's not what what's as important to me right now. What's as important to me is having my family with me, being there for my wife because he related the passing of his wife's father to the passing of his mother he he understood what it was like for that first year of of grief and losing a parent and that's going to lead him to to live a healthier more rounded life that lasts longer and and becomes right. much more sustainable you see guys burn out on the PGA tour all the time because they're fucking nuts and they're they're practicing all the time they're they're traveling like crazy they're away from their families for months on end to have something that's a a complete support system around you at all times, I feel like is only going to lengthen your longevity on tour. It's, it's got right. to, and it clearly, it has, it, it, it's a longer term like, investment. It's like uh guys like PJ Tucker, James Harden, like will have long careers. They play below the rim. Like I, you, I you, I'm not going to be out there banging on people. I'm going <laughs> to play below the rim, play with, play, play within my means so I can have a 20 year career. Yeah. Or, you know, become LeBron James and put a billion dollars into your body every year. You know, you, you choose. <laughs> Either way. Right. Either way. Some got it. I think it, it all also falls into that sort of like, and this is also a wide sports, sports wide thing, but like um, that the product is an entertainment product and that the fans are in charge, allegedly, mm-hmm. right? From like a business perspective. Mm-hmm. But who is in charge? Like, is, isn't Tony Finau in charge of his own life? Like, not me sitting on my mm-hmm. couch. And, you know, yeah, I pay for NBC Sports Gold so I can watch the tournament and uh, I deserve something for that money. But it, uh, I don't deserve Tony Finau's mental health to be shitty. Right. I would never pay for that. Yeah. You, you don't want that on your on your credit card. 100%. <laughs> right. Right. When I look at the screen, I'm looking at these two handsome gentlemen. It tells me that looking good is easy, okay? Because I'm looking at it. I, I see the evidence right in front of me. And Drew, I know personally that you wore that wrong commuter shirt on New Year's. And guess what? So did I. Mm. One of the 
one of the bugaboos of, of trying new shirts is I don't own an iron. So my stuff is wrinkly. I got to break out the steamer. You know, that's a hassle. I got to fill up with water, hot steam, burn on my fingertips. But with this Roan commuter shirt, let me tell you, it's got wrinkle release technology in it. So the wrinkles disappear as I wear it. Ain't that something? Go to Roan.com. That's R-H-O-N-E.com slash G-G-T. You can get 20% off your order. That's R-H-O-N-E.com slash G-G-T. The crazy thing is you go to the golf course and you see people that have paid thousands of dollars for their golf equipment. They're dripped out in a perfect fit. And then you see the glove that they're using and it has a hole in it. It's brown and it was it originally was a white glove. And you're saying, so you spent like $3,000 on everything, but you didn't have time to buy a $20 golf glove. The round is not the same. It's ruined. It's ruined. I got one more thing to add too. All you golf hipsters out there you yeah you know i'm talking to yeah you bristly ass mustache face cold brew drinking long cut tobacco smoking seltzer having oh y'all you know exactly who i'm talking to you think you dress better than us prove it because red rooster got hella colors you can find one that matches your outfit right now and if you post up on the gram and you got a crusty glove, I'm calling you out and I'm going to direct you to Red Rooster because shame on you. Shame. Shame. We're going to Septa Unella go shame on your asses if we see you with crusty gloves. Yes. But now you should match that glove with them foot joys. Match your dickies with your glove. Match your tee with your glove. Match your hat with your glove. You can do that. Thank you to Red Rooster. You should be thanking them. We, we thank them. We do. Head over to redroostergolf.com and use our code GGT20 for 20% off your first order. Uh, uh, I'm going to tell you all straight up. I put, on, um, I put on Ian Poulter's episode and then took Honey for a walk. Yeah, that's probably a good so, call. Anyone who walks into uh, an interview and brags about how they're an instigator, I'm using air quotes, or... Uh, an enforcer, kind of an asshole. Like, don't associate with that person. A, they're they're gonna be annoying. They're not gonna be as clever and witty as they think they are. Like, this is somebody who's been in the in the <laughs> limelight in the PGA Tour for for what nineteen years, fifteen years, something yeah, like that long. for a, for a long time. Yeah, he's had people too chirping in his ear telling him that time. he's been an issue for so long. I feel like that's the narrative that he's created. He's just kind of a dork. He's mm-hmm. just like an idiot. Like he walked into that interview. Some the interviewer asked him, "Do you like playing in the Ryder Cup?" He goes, "Does a bear shit in the woods?" And then yeah. like smirks off yeah. the yeah, side, yeah. like he came up with that line, and then repeats, "Is the Pope Catholic?" It's like, dude, right. what? Like, yeah, like you, so, you're get so with that out one. of we touch. Got the first, we got <laughs> it's we got the first. It's one, bro. wild. Yeah. Like again, a- anyone who says they're provocative or an instigator probably isn't it's like somebody walking into a bar and is like i'm the toughest motherfucker in here somebody fight me that guy's gonna get the shit kicked out of him 10 times out of 10 (laughs) in poulter's episode gave me i won state in high school energy check my max preps like like, yeah right like he was he was yeah you were an instigator when you were like 21 (laughs) but now you're just old You're just a you're just a lame old dad. That's you're like a dollar store guy Ritchie film character. (laughs) Get out of here. No, I I have nothing I have nothing to say about the the Ian Poulter episode other than I've always found Ian Poulter to be annoying. I did like when he wore louder pants when he was younger and had the bleached hair and the Oakleys. I thought that was pretty dope. But 
that was in 2003 and it's now 2023 and it's we're we're, we're good like we're all good on Ian Poulter. There are fits, but we don't need any more. Yeah, there yeah, we go. No. We go. We'll, we'll keep those those fits to the to the timeline and and like all the all the the golf two thousands mood boards. But yeah, we don't need twenty twenty three Ian right, Poulter. Right. The the only thing I will add about the Ian Poulter episode is that he's somebody who I completely understand their shift to live. He's like he's a washed. Oh yeah, cooked. No yeah. brainer. His career's over. Yeah. He's, he, yeah, he talks a big game and he's like, <laughs> it's still really important to me to win the match play. Goes 0 and 3 in the match play immediately. Like, he, he's not good at golf <laughs> anymore. He can't, he can't compete. Yeah. So, yeah, taking the money up front, I'm sure, is, is a huge, uh, oh God. And, and this gets into live more, more broadly. But the one argument that folks in the show kept coming back to is how going to live provided security provided assurances for their families meanwhile ian poulter's flying across a transatlantic private jet flight from orlando to to milton Keynes, uk where red bull is is based <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like dude you're you're spending like two hundred thousand dollars on a flight for your family i think you're okay yeah it, it's it's a remarkable feat but again i understand him more than most people why they made the jump to live it it just makes more sense yeah that man's been flying private for a long time too <laughs> oh yeah it's like a staple you, you, you of his instagram account him, you won't catch him on delta anytime soon if there were two people i was sure were going to go to live it was him and stenson because i've only ever seen them on instagram flying it in a private yeah, jet together jet. all the time it, well sergio too i i kind of felt like sergio was just because he's always been a, a curmudgeon yeah. Yeah, he's been he's been yeah, very and vocal. He was, he was talking about it on the hot mic yeah. too <laughs> yeah. during a tournament. Yeah, Ian, Ian Poulter's kids like macaroni art was was on the <laughs> like in the private like that that that's was their, their plane. plane. That, that that's how often yeah sure. that's how yeah. often they take that one. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think it was that this show didn't feature more of the stuff they teased um, and more of the infighting and the shit talking and the, you know, under the breath stuff, because that would have been candy for us, for golf sickos really and for question. that's just good TV. Yeah. You know, that's like yeah. that's why Bravo exists to my earlier uh, reference. Like, mm-hmm. why not do that stuff? Do you think it was like player contract legal stuff or like i don't know i don't know how show it, it's a really well. good question and i had the same observation especially with the the final episode of the season the rory episode i mean rory the rory episode we are famously huge fans of rory king rory we, he smells great uh his favorite golf smells are great smells <laughs> we, we we'll, we'll we, throw up we the, the photo that we took with rory at any possible uh, opportunity I I was it it was almost like the Rory couldn't do better than his press conferences already did this season. He laid it out so bare yeah. during the season, throwing people under the bus, yeah. like outing Phil, outing Dustin Johnson. Like he was he went for people's throats this season that I almost felt like they couldn't do any more in the show that we hadn't already heard from him. But you're absolutely right. Like I, I was surprised there wasn't more of the infighting. My only guess to that answer is that just thinking about like the logistics of getting this documentary made, I don't necessarily think that there was pressure, explicit pressure from governing bodies or or folks, you know, in, in the higher ups who had to green light something like this. 
But you have to think that in the editing room, there was a little thought crept into the producers' minds about like, we don't want to piss too many people off. We want to get another season of this thing made. We yeah. want to keep we want to keep all yeah. parties that interviewed mm-hmm. for this show, folks who went to live and folks who stayed to come back for season two to give updates, right? And if you alienate any of those people, I think there's a there's a flight risk potentially. But you also take a risk of I making agree. the first season kind of like fluffy and flat, which is what we kind of all yeah. I think landed yeah. on there. Yeah. And it, you know it's tough to some degree. Mm-hmm. I was hoping for more too. Yeah. yeah. My sense also is that Netflix, I don't know who, who pitched full swing, whether it was the tour or if Netflix said, we want to make a docuseries about golf. We should go to the PGA tour because that is golf. And that was their inroad. Therefore they're beholden to PGA tour and Netflix, you know, comes objective. These I'm all speculation. Netflix comes object, objectively and say, "Hey, we just heard about this live tour. Like, can't like, how comfortable are you with us talking about it?" PGA Tour hems and haws. Look, you can talk to Poulter <laughs> and and Brooks. That's all, all right. we'll give you. Can we get Sergio? No, you can't get Sergio. You can, you, you, you can get Dustin. Oh, oh you can you can have Joel, you can have Joel Damon too. <laughs> if that's true, that shows such an insecurity though by the PGA Tour, oh. and they've been hawking this very secure standpoint of like we always know we're going to be the better tour and of course they are i agree with that but that's an insecure move like why not make these yeah. live guys look as dumb as you say they are um but i don't know that's, that's I, I mean because the pga tour aren't film producers <laughs> like they're 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 yeah. proud they're proud boys uh yeah they're they're proud boys hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Yeah. i did think it was interesting i didn't think about the tennis version of like this sports docu formula. Um, I, I really compared everything to F1 and what I wrote, but you know, I didn't give a shit about drive to survive and I didn't watch it, but I did feel left out when I'm like sitting on the couch and my cousin mm-hmm. is like, knows every driver. And like, after he watched the show, took right. the time to get into the nuance of it. And now on Sunday mornings before golf comes on, like, or Saturday, whenever that shit's on, we're watching F1 in the living room and like I'm lost and I'm on my phone. Um, tennis. I like want to know more about the players. And so I only watched like individual episodes of that. I didn't watch the whole season. I wanted to know everything about um, yeah. Nick Curios. Yeah. Like that dude is fascinating to me. Right. So I watched his so episode. Fascinating. I don't know where this falls in that spectrum between those two or alongside those two, because to the point you made earlier, Connor, they tried to do so many things and there are so many storylines that they can get into and so many ways that nuggets they could give us, so many nuggets they could give newbies, ways they could blend them, ways they could ignore both of them. Um, that I don't know where to categorize this, I guess, in, in that. Like, how are, I guess we'll see. We'll see in the numbers because F1 Drive to Survive yeah. did crazy numbers. In terms of ratings for yeah, the sport, yeah, and mm-hmm. and, so we'll and it's so hard with as much data as there is out there about media consumption. I still think this type of project is really hard to define what success looks like. with With the F one show, clear as day, mm-hmm. success numbers in the U.S. like adoption of market in the U.S. of F one in the two years since 
Granted, it came out during COVID when there was shit else going on and no other sports were on television. That helped massively. With this, it's a little trickier because the U.S. market is the market for the PGA Tour. And there there are preconceptions, there's stigma of what golf means. Like you get you get people coming in to watch this show who I think think they know what golf is. And I'll tell you what, I watched it with my girlfriend. She got proved right in the first episode watching Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas like flick each other in the nutsack and and drinking beers and like pulling stupid pranks on each other <laughs> and like <laughs> pretending to hit golf shots. Like that's I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're the producers of the show putting that episode first and demonstrating to the world who think they have who have a nugget of what golf is in their minds. Like you want to prove those people wrong, right? And so that's why yeah. one of my questions for y'all was going to be if you could restructure the the sequencing of this series, how would you do so? For me, it's like lose the first episode. Like <laughs> get rid of it. Cause <laughs> because and certainly don't put it first. If, yeah. you, if you're not going to get rid of put it, that, definitely put that put in the first. middle somewhere. Bury that shit. Yep. But yeah. like that, that put f- that in the middle. I think I'd probably start with a juxtaposition of Rory McIlroy and or Scotty yeah. Scheffler and a journeyman um, who we don't know, like like not Joel Damon or not Mito or not Sahith, like somebody that's on right. a like at a Monday queue and explain what a Monday queue is instead of a cut and then show like the whole spectrum of golf, right? There are guys sleeping in their cars and there are guys sleeping with cars below their <laughs> right, cargo right. plane, you know, that they own. Yeah, yeah. So like that's <laughs> the spectrum yeah. of, of what professional golf is. Cause those yeah. Monday Q guys are professional golfers, right? So mm-hmm. that can fill in the gap in between and you can sprinkle in the education and you can sprinkle in the shit talking for us. Um, that's a really holistic solution I just came up with afterward, but I definitely think starting with that whole spectrum would be totally. uh, pretty entertaining and, and education. Was there a player that either of you guys would have liked to have seen featured? Patrick Reed. Oh God, that would have been so fucking spicy. Yeah. I think that would have been pa- good Patrick TV. And Bryson True. were two people that were not even nary a, a sentence was was given. I mean, I guess at the end, you know, Rory Rory was shit talking Patrick, but it wasn't. You know, Patrick didn't get his his uh, his his screen time at all. Um, just because, I mean, it would it would have been interesting if if it would if they would have made some sort of narrative around Patrick or Bryce, and that would have made them more likable. It seems unlikely, but yeah, the both of those two, I, I feel like they're they're extremely looming figures in the golf world, and they weren't even yeah, like they weren't they weren't there. So it, it feels like that might be something that they're saving for a season two, or they just didn't have the right storyline they also could have approached them and they said no you know patrick reeds i'm, I'm sure he would have Fair, been yeah, his team be. would have been wary about that <laughs> he's tied up in some legal <laughs> but patrick reed has such only gets bad press that i feel like his he's one of those people that that is like oh man people are talking about me it doesn't matter like any any press is good press mm. i can attest to that from experience and that's as far as i'll go <laughs> i feel like he was the guy that was begging that would have been begging to get on this but like please mm. Please come to my yeah. home. Come anywhere. I'll, I'll fly. I'll I'll pay for you. I'll fly you out if you will just cover me. Yeah. And yeah. So, but but also Bryson. Bryson was a person that I yeah. Thought Bryson that, was right here. I assumed that they were. I I assumed that they were going to be talking about him, especially after the season that he had of of like you know he had you know he was going up and then last year he 
he went down, joined Liv, but he also now he's got clotheslined by a rope. Jacked anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got taken out by a rope. Yeah, Br- Bryson was um, so right Br- there. Bryson's bro. the guy. Yeah. I mean, I I don't like I don't like Bryson, but I was sad to see that he wasn't a part of the see a guy that can carry the ball three hundred and seventy yard. Like he well, was right there. And speaking of that, like that's another element that I thought was kind of just missing from the show entirely was like a mechanical yeah. explanation of the physical, yeah, the, the physics of like how golf works. We saw yeah. it. We saw tons of iron shots. We saw tons of putts going in, and tons of for sure, tons of putts missing. But we didn't really get the context of like what it means for Dustin Johnson to hit the ball 370 yards versus somebody like Matt Fitzpatrick who hits the ball like 280 yards. Like we didn't we didn't understand they didn't show us the difference right. in course that those two guys are playing. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a crucial part of the mechanics of golf that is interesting mm. that can get people involved that shows how fucking hard it is. They kept repeating how hard it is to win yeah. a PGA tour event. Show us. <laughs> they they, they yeah. kept telling us that. Yeah. Like, show but us how hard it is. Like, we we understand what the cut rule is. Just show us how hard it is to make a cut and win a tour event. <laughs> That's one of those extremely nuanced golf things that if unless you're unless you're not a golfer, you wouldn't you wouldn't pick up on that. But you know, I'm sure Eliza might have. I'm sure Eliza might have had some thoughts of like, if you if you don't know her or if you don't know how how far a good golf shot is right, like right. what the, the, if you if you just if you would have watched this you would assume oh yeah. everyone just hits the ball far right. everyone puts their irons close to the to the hole on the green and everyone just makes all the putts like yeah. that's that's what golf is but yeah there was there was it was no an eight episode long these guys are good ad absolutely um, absolutely <laughs> yeah. rocket ballsier damn yeah. these guys are good they could have put a graphic on the screen that shows what percentage of golfers can yeah. break 80 in, in the world. Yeah. Because I see those graphics on right. Instagram all the yeah. time and I'm like, whoa, I'm in the top 1% yeah. of golfers and I'm terrible, right, right. you know, <laughs> exactly. based on what exactly. I know, you know? Everybody knows how fast driving 180 miles per hour feels and like how dangerous yeah. that is. <laughs> And how yeah. and everyone, but how in, insane, but everyone has the same advantage in F1. Right. You get like, okay, yeah, I have this car, you have this car, and you have this pit crew, but you all have the ability to go at the same speed in golf. Not yeah. everyone has right. the same ability. And that was a big conversation the year before this year of filming was like the body right. transformation yeah. of Bryson DeChambeau and the distance conversation. Yeah, of, you know, Rory was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to copy this. Guy. Like him, that like him or hate him. Year, like yeah. he. He had people mm-hmm. sweating. He changed the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he, yeah. Th- this also just came to mind because I, I again did not watch F one, but like, it's interesting to me that that people are so invested in uh, a sport in which you, for the majority of your watching, can't tell who these people <laughs> are. You just see True. cars moving. <laughs> Whereas golf, <laughs> you are up in their the grills, like. You that is a that that is a, a bearded six right. foot three man like you know what I mean like I know who mm-hmm. that human is I might see him in in I I didn't know who Lewis Hamilton was until like three years ago I heard his I, bro majority of the you're like photos, wait Lewis Hamilton's black dog dead ass <laughs> like it, it it amazes me I didn't like. Know. People are so invested. You see, you see them all tucked down in a cockpit. I can't see. You see a I, helmet. You just see a helmet. It's like football. You see right. a helmet. At least yeah. in football, there's a name on the back. You're wearing team yeah. colors. Everybody yeah. in F1's got you can see. 
50 different brands different on, their, sizes. on their cars. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have no, I just know they're going fast, hugging corners, and sometimes winning and pouring champagne all, all over themselves. Like, I, that's yep. it. Uh, but golf, you like, <laughs> you know, these people. Like, I know, a, I went to yeah. high school with a dude with a belly just yeah. like that. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's more relatable to me. Well, I don't know. That just, it's came, a great point. And further, it, it's a sport that the every the everyday person can play. I can go play St. Andrews tomorrow. I can't yes. get in an F1 car and drive around Bahrain tomorrow. Like that's <laughs> it's illegal. I can't do that. So right. there's they're just naturally by yeah. by right. the <laughs> prospect of what golf is, golf being a, a sport of the people. Again, air quotes, audio medium. It, it puts you in a, a, a relativity conversation with these athletes and so again yeah. like to to sort of button up the the mm-hmm. conversation about the show it's like they delivered the human storytelling really really well in moments the the glow the greater context about what it actually is and how they're doing it and why it's hard and how it's hard to win and all that shit it it just it lacked the texture that i wanted to feel you know i wanted i wanted more of that yeah can they go back and do that now that they already missed it though? Because I think they it's too late. Like if they do season two, they kind of got to like it's got to look just like it has season to look one. Like season one, and, and and that's it's a tough precedent yeah. to set, and that's yeah. why I was saying that I think live happening this season was a was a, ne- a detractor from that because if they had done this series a year ago yeah. before live was even in the conversation, I feel like there would have been more room to explain what the yeah. hell's actually going on mechanically and organizationally. It would have been a whole different series. It would have been an Icarus thing where you're like, well, I'm wa- like season three. I'm like watching yeah. a legal true crime thing, you know, <laughs> but I care. I know the characters now. Yeah. I know the sport. I don't care about exactly. the. I don't need to exactly. know about the cut anymore. I want to know, yeah. you know, who's getting, you know, who's going to win this lawsuit. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's a hot take, Connor. I think that that's it's a it's a very a very spot on take of that, that it actually we thought that it would have made things a lot spicier and made it a lot more entertaining. But for a casual fan or someone that has no idea what live or the PJ tour is, it, it really made it a lot more convoluted and complicated and much harder to tell a good story. Um, going, going back quickly to the talking about how hard golf is and, and explaining that. I think the, the one part that they did do really well was yeah. by featuring Joel Damon and the relationship with his caddy because dog, Joel's story, Joel's story of talking about how the fact where he, like he, Joel is a professional golfer. He's the top, you know, point oh 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 whatever percentage of, of golfers in the world that have ever lived. And he's like, I'm I don't think I could ever be yeah. a, one of the top golfers in the or like one of the top golfers on the PJ Tour. And no, and just hearing him say that and it's like, you know, whatever. He's like, I'm happy being 70th. Being 70th in the world means you're still one of the greatest golfers that ever. have ever lived. Winning a PGA Tour event means you're better than pretty much anyone you'll ever meet. <laughs> right. you know, there's there's literally uh, there's there's a, a very short list of people that are can say they're better than you at golf. And I'm like, man, like y- you you think that every golfer's or every professional athlete's mentality is like at the level of Michael Jordan or Kobe or Tiger Woods, and you know they're all killers and they're all want to be number one and all think that they're number one. And just hearing how humble and how uh, how 
open he was about the fact that he doesn't think that he will ever be number one or, you know, that he's happy with being where he is like that. That was just that showed how how golf is so hard and 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 then people are, you know, just happy to be on the tour. Bro, and, and I Joel Damon I is like the Atlanta Hawks of the PGA <laughs> Tour. Like they're not going to win shit, but they will always make the playoffs. The Atlanta Hawks haven't missed the playoffs in like 22 years. Yeah. <laughs> like they always they, they always make it always in somehow. They always make the playoffs. Number number 70 in the official world golf rankings, number 1 in your heart. Number 1 in your heart, right. Look, I, I and that that was a little harsh. Joel Damon has won shit and yeah. will win shit. He's top 10 um, at the US Open. But in in his He's very good. He's very right. very good at golf. That it was. He is very very good at golf. Um yeah, in in his in his way, you know, wouldn't win shit, but he gonna yeah. win shit. And um what I thought was interesting too about Joel's story or Joel's episode, um, first of all, I did not know he had his own battle yeah. with cancer. He I keeps that under wraps for the most part, um, I feel like. Yeah. That that was eye opening for me. Um, so I appreciate his vulnerability there. Um I appreciate that that was the episode they they dissected the player caddy yes. relationship. That mm-hmm. letter oh. that his caddy wrote to him, dog. I I built out my Honda Civic so that I can live in my car and follow you around. Are you? And Joel kidding starts me? crying and he's like, "I just fucking love Gino. I just love him so much." Are you kidding me? Gino got a family. Gino got a family and said, "I would live in my Honda Civic for you, Joel Damon." If that doesn't like what I don't know anything I'm committed to like that. And not only that, Gino's wife said, Yeah, go off, King. Right. I support you. That's 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 that's, I believe in you you, because you you believe in Joel. Dude made $87 in year one. $87. Let's just say he didn't make any money his first year. (laughs) (laughs) He was at a net, he was at a net zero. Year one. Yeah. That, I was so glad they featured those guys because they, Gino tweeted yeah. that letter, I think, uh, yeah. a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and it kind of went viral. And that was when I first heard about who these guys were at all. Um, I think that was the perfect casting. I think of, of, of all of them, that was the right get. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, what I said before about like kind of wanting a little bit of totally. a journeyman yeah. Monday Q yeah. storyline, like. That's pretty much. Plus, they're just so fucking funny. I mean, that was an episode. That was a perfect episode. It had everything. Like, I I was crying the entire way through. I was laughing the entire way through. There's a redemption arc. There's like, he finishes on a high. There's, you know, his wife is pregnant. He tells his dad that his wife's pregnant on Father's Day. It's just like this. It's this beautiful. That, that to me is the enduring image of this series. Joel Damon is happy. And he's happy. And these other guys kind of, this was interesting. They positioned it as like, oh, if he wasn't so self-deprecating, he'd be so good and he would win so much. And almost as like he was like holding himself back and he has this problem. <laughs> Meanwhile, like what you said, Drew, like he's he's hanging out and he's like, no, that makes me really fucking good. Yeah. And I get to chill and I get to, you know, get my he's bag and tortured. I love my life <laughs> and I'm a cancer survivor. So he's I have more perspective than anybody's going to tell me yeah. that I'm not trying hard enough. Right. Yeah. And and I mean, let's face it. When you get between the ropes, you lock in. Like that is what you're there to mm-hmm. 
And like whatever it looks like for you off the court, like when it's time to show up, you show up. And if you showing up is your number 70 in the world, my friend, you're doing it right. (laughs) You're killing it. You're You're doing it it right. Oh, yeah. And I mean, mean, we keep saying, you know, golf sickos like we know how impressive that is. But to the the lay person, they can't relate. Hearing number seventy of the world, it's like, oh, like okay, so he's like, he's like average. No, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, no. He is average, elite. average for the tour, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, he is. He's in rarefied it, yeah. air. It's it's like it. it it's like, you know, a, a G League NBA basketball player would still whoop up on anyone at the rec <laughs> LA league. Fitness, you know, it's right. like you think of a G League player, you're like, man, what a yeah, what a what a scrub. You're you, you can't even make the NBA, but it's like any G League player is better than any per any basketball player you've yeah. ever known. Bro, personally. every D three basketball player I've ever met would wax any LA fitness dude. Because most D three yeah. people are yeah. there because they ain't had a grades to make D one, not because they would they couldn't play D one exactly. <laughs> one last thing I wanted to talk about was real quickly did did anyone have any surprise like anything that surprised them that they either learned from this series, um, learned about a player, learned about the game of golf, um, or yeah, was there was there anything surprising that you that you can take away? And if you don't have anything, I have one real. I, I can lead us off. Um, not mine. It, 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 okay. It wasn't surprising, but this was like a, a, an insight that I had never thought about. And it is the fact that if you don't make the cut, you don't make any money. And, and obviously that you, I understand that, but the fact that players will pay their way to get to a tournament and then they don't make the cut. So they had to pay all this money to get their lodging. And then their caddy also didn't make money. And I was like, Holy shit. Like that's, that sucks. So it sucks that you don't make the cut. Sucks you don't make it into the weekend. But then you just paid money to not make money. <laughs> That's like Ian Poulter's entire argument is that working for right? no money and losing money doesn't float my boat. I think is what he said verbatim. Exactly. And 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 that's and that's the thing. It's like I don't feel bad for Ian Poulter when he misses the cut. But when you think about a guy that you know, like Joel Damon or lower, where it's like that, you know, maybe they don't have they 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 haven't made their. Th- you know, a hundred million dollars over the course of 20 years, they're, they're still fighting for their tour card. And this kind of goes along the same lines of guys that are trying to make the corn Ferry and, and all the mini tours and all the, all the conversations we've had, but it's like, that sucks. Like it sucks to not, it sucks to pay money to lose. Money. Right. Like you got 80 K <laughs> in the bank total yeah. and you just spent eight to get to Florida. And not yeah. only that, but the guy like you went out and shot 62 and the guy that, Qualified oh. and got into the tournament to make money. Shot oh, sixty one. How gutting is that? Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it also it warrants noting that this has nothing to do with the series, but those economic pressures are only heightened on the LPGA tour too, right? Like the the purse sizes yes. that they're dealing with on the PGA tour are enormous. So yes, at the at the bottom levels. Like yeah, guys aren't making money, and and the caddies are not making money, and it's it's a journeyman, it's a grind, it's a it's a bloodbath. You transition these purse sizes over to the LPGA, you look at what they're having to deal with. Like if you're if you're making cuts, you're barely making a living whatsoever. You're barely paying your right. expenses on the LPGA, which is like right. I think that's why maybe it would make a more fascinating documentary subject then, you know, I'll like, totally hey, agree. let's more. get that one instead <laughs> because I'm, you know, we don't need to watch these rich people like try to cut each other's heads right. off. 
you know, I'd rather have a yeah. whole tour yeah. worth of Seriously. team and interest. I would rather season two yeah. be the LPGA tour than them try and go back and yes. do season one better with with do one episode of the on well, the crossover event we, sure. we just got yeah. announced. Yeah, let's do it. And and this is I know we've we've brought up tennis before on the podcast, not necessarily in this episode, but something that I think the the Netflix tennis show does really well is that it highlights the men's and the yeah. women's game it's yeah. because they play at the same events yes. every week. It's yeah. important to them. And it's important. And the players look out for each other on on either tour. You have you have folks like Andy Murray in press conferences speaking up and and putting some respect on Serena Williams' yep. name. On the PGA Tour, I hope to God that they take the Grant Thornton Invitational that was announced this week seriously because that mixed event has so much fucking potential. And I hope it unlocks some degree of of parity between not just the pay but just the attention and the recognition that those athletes get because they are the best golfers in the world just as right. much as the men are. So. Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy that Grant Thornton is the presenting sponsor or like the one shepherding that because I feel like Agreed. that I feel like that company has done a really good job of of trying to you know make golf more equitable, equitable, inclusive. Um, so it, it it makes sense it makes sense that they're the partner to to bring this to to life. So shout out to Grant Thornton. Yeah, and yeah. I need them to to back up the Brinks truck too. Put put like let's put the purse on the table. Have. Both tours go for the same purse. Like that that's what we need to see. One last quick one for me before I think we should all go around and rate the show on a scale of our own individual <laughs> choosing. Um I kind of wanted an episode about the Tiger impact because so many of the players that they interviewed, their first line was well, I got into golf because right. Tiger Woods was doing all this shit and he inspired me because he looked like me or because, you know, he was cool and fashionable and lifted weights and won and all this shit. I think those stories would have been better told if there had been a vehicle that had encapsulated the impact that Tiger Woods had on the game of golf. It's a little dodgy having this opinion a week after his antics at the Genesis. I understand that. But... I, the fact remains the impact that tigers had on the game is is unmatched yeah. and and i think that might have been a better way to shoehorn how golf works how golf inspires young people at the outset of this show but that's just my like yeah it, it would have been all found footage because tiger would never agreed to give them anything but yeah um <laughs> of, course. of course i'm with you though i don't think that the format that they chose sets up well enough to get all the tiger story in there in the necessary context. Like if they had a more radical, like cool pop edgy sort of like vibe to that documentary, you could have had a montage where it was like really fast. Like here's the history tiger was in 30 seconds, like for hundreds of years, golf was the white man's game. And then all of a sudden here comes this kid, tiger woods. He's on the Ed Sullivan show (laughs) Hutton, and you know, they rip through it. And then they're like, and here's where we are today. And then you hear Tony Fino be like, yeah, that was Definitely. my guy. Yeah. But I'm also mad right. at Tiger right now. So uh, glad yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll go. Uh, I'll lead off the the, the rating combo because then I got to run. But um, let's see. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like an Ishka Bibble steak with, with whiz wit, <laughs> extra onions, salt, pepper, ketchup, and mayonnaise. <laughs> 
Um, I'm going to give this... And one is a pimento cheese. Yeah, one is a pimento cheese. Let's be clear. I would give this a solid seven and a half. I'm going to give it the Tony Luke's of steaks. Tony Luke's is like... Everybody knows in Philly, Pat's and Gino's is like, those are the ones you go to when you visit the city. For my money, it's Hitchcock Bibbles because it's like just, it's out the way. They, they, they use a special role. I love that. That's where y'all need to go. Just a PSA for those are in our uh, Northeast region. Yeah. It, it gave me what I came for. It like did the thing. It told the stories. It got, it let it, um, it unveiled the curtain on players that I had interest in. It like did what it checked the boxes and um, I gave it a, I gave it an extra half point because something I appreciated um, and I wonder if y'all picked up on is how they loosely weaved in where each player was at like the same tournament and what they were doing during that same tournament, like Southern Hills, mm talked about Justin in episode one and Mito in episode seven and Brooks in episode two at, right, at waste right. management and Sahith at waste management episode Sahith. seven. So I appreciated that. It was like, just like, like a little, I'm like, okay, I see, I see what y'all doing. I appreciate a nod to continuity. Yes. Cause obviously the, chron- the chronology was all fucked up, but like they kind of had to for storytelling purposes, yeah, right? Yeah, I appreciated that. So yeah, seven and a half is a Tony Luke steak to me. I think Bradford's seven and a half is actually pretty fair, and that was actually what I was thinking as well. Um, somewhere between like seven, seven and a half, and, and an eight. Uh, it was, you know, it was, as as a golf sicko already established, we, any any golf content I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat up, and especially being able to see uh, all of the folks that we got to see in, in, the, in the show and, and a little bit of behind the scenes and a little bit of their personality. I think the problem with golf is golf is such an individualized sport. There can be so many good storylines, but there just aren't any. Mm. There's no good storylines in golf. The fact that the only storylines in golf that we've had over the past few years is Patrick Reed is a cheater. Uh, Bryson and Brooks Kepka have beef. Uh, that that that's it. Like those are the major storylines in golf, and those are terrible storylines. Like the, the, <laughs> wow, the, the thing the thing with uh, Brooks and Bryson, where like you know every time they saw each Ugh. other and they were just annoyed. I'm like, that's all we have to talk about. That's it. Oh that's my all, god, all, there's all of these. There's 150 dudes every single week competing for the same trophy, and we can only talk about these two idiots every single every single week. Like there's better stories. So. I like that we got to see behind. I like that we learned more about Tony, about Joel, because those are people that are actually interesting. And and even even the the Colin Morikawa, I know that some people thought that he didn't get a good, you know, he didn't maybe show like the best side of him. But I I saw and Colin was a guy that's really he has a very specific point of view. He's very dialed in what he's doing, and you know people were were talking about how like he was you know during the Adidas meeting, and I was like he was just giving his opinion. Like, I don't like the orange printed shirt and I, I would wear white, a white shirt with the green pants. I'm like, yeah, I would too. I would never wear that, that orange abomination. So it's just like, I don't yeah, like just because, just because someone has an opinion on fashion, it, that doesn't mean that they're hard to work with or that they're, you know, 
that, that were people saying that in. because yeah. of that scene yeah like people well, people like oh man he was like, so yeah, rude made... to the adidas people like no he wasn't that hit you tried being a pga tour pair and getting well, dressed for your entire career well, like a like, clown they, and their job and adidas it, is one of the <laughs> brands that does it right they do it better yeah. than anybody in my opinion for sure so i'm just like for i sure. like when you're a when you're a tour athlete and you're a a, a, a premier athlete for a brand they want your feedback. They don't want you to just say yes, because that's what 90% of the dudes do that are sponsored by brands. They'll just say, yeah, put me in whatever you want. The fact that Colin was pushing back, I'm like, that's good. Like, you need that. You need you need that discourse in order to have to, to make the brand better and to make better apparel and, and make things that, that work. So for me, it'll you know, make it made me like Colin more. For yeah. three people the, that have the, been banging our heads against the wall on this very topic for as long as we have been able to put clothes on um, and swing our a golf sarto- club. Our sartorial heads. <laughs> that scene was it for me. That was what spoke to my, to my uh, inner goal. Yes. Me too. Thank yeah. you. We, we, we didn't, we didn't talk a lot about Colin in this session and it probably warrants more discussion, but like you're, I think you're absolutely right, Drew. The, the negative spin on his profile is that he's micromanaging and a bit of a control freak. The positive spin, and I think the one that I align with, is that he's protective over his brand. He's protective over his identity as a player, and he knows what his reputation means for a lot of people, a lot of young people. And he's he's protective, and, and that, I think that's a really good thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's stro- it shows strength. and He shows he cares. Anyways... Uh, uh, even again, like going back into the tiger thing, like there's so much more to unpack there with him about things in the show that they said he's like the the living personification of Tiger's legacy. I feel like they didn't really do that storyline enough justice in the show. No. Um, they also didn't talk about Tiger. A lot they didn't, more airtime. They didn't even talk about Tiger. You can't talk about the living right. incarnation of Tiger's legacy when you don't even lay out Tiger's legacy. If yeah, you or put in perspective it, for those new viewers, like. Yeah the missed cuts record and or the made cuts record yeah. and the um you know all the, the 82 wins of course but all the stuff that we get fed by like the, in the annals of golf twitter and instagram yeah those stats yeah. that are like here's how insane that guy was yeah. like that alone can put that in perspective for this yeah you know, I, 27 i don't know i don't even know why I, I don't know why they didn't put any sort of graphic up of tiger's accomplishments because if you did we all know we obviously everyone knows who tiger woods is even people that don't know anything about golf they've heard of tiger woods but that doesn't mean that you know his accomplishments that doesn't mean you you understand his legacy just because you know someone's name and you associate him with a certain sport that i I didn't think they did a a, a justice for for tiger to to show they talked about it a lot but yeah i I think they could have done more they could have done more yeah all right, I'll, I'll give my rating and then we'll, yeah. we'll let our esteemed guests yes. Yes, uh, yes, yes. round us out. My my scale will be on the concessions at the Masters tournament. So episode one, pimento cheese, awful. Tank it, booty. Get, get rid of it, throw it in a dumpster and light it on fire. The series as a whole, I I had a real roller coaster with it. I mean, I it started real low, picked up really quickly, sort of leveled out in the middle went up again and then kind of ended on a little bit of a low. I'd give it, I, I like the seven, seven point two ish range that y'all are working in. For me, that's like the, the chicken biscuit at the masters. It's, mm. it, it's good. It's hearty. It's good for breakfast. It's a little dry. I need a little more extra sauce. <laughs> I was trying to think of a cheeky analogy for a scale that had to do with the distance between 
the end of Justin Thomas's jogger pants and the top of his oh, uh, socks, but uh, it oh, was too, uh, too small a scale to work off of. So I'll just say that I think that like, <laughs> as a, you know, golf sicko myself, I'll give it probably like a 5.5, six, just based on oh. how all over the place it was. Um, yeah. And, and this is me, Ben speaking, you know, not like, mm-hmm. you know, been the empathetic person to the you know new viewers and and readers um but yeah 5.5 6 kind of messy didn't give me enough that i wanted but gave me enough to appreciate it and to be excited that somebody who didn't know who colin morikawa was before knows at least that he's like somebody that's expected to be really good and when they're sitting on the couch on sunday with their cousin who loves golf they might be like, Oh, I know Colin. I'll root for him. I'll watch, I'll watch this cause I know him and I'll hope he wins. And they'll mm-hmm. through that get to experience in real time, the way that we have organically how hard golf is and how hard it is to win. Um, so to that end, I liked it, but as a viewer myself, I'll give it that rating for, for someone that's new and who I think this show was for, I think it's up there in like the eight, eight range and would be, a 10 if it was edited, I think a little bit better uh, to all the points that we made about that throughout this entire discussion. Very fair assessment. Mm -hmm. I think on all fronts. I love that. Yeah. Ben, this was, uh, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for, for joining us. It was truly uh, my pleasure, my honor. Um, Thanks for changing my mind about, about this show guys. You really, you really (laughs) made some crazy points that that, that (laughs) make me want to go, uh, put an editor's note uh in something I wrote. we we aim to go crazy this this was our our best approximation of what a normal sports show sounds like uh usually we don't talk this much golf but um yeah you know, or we're, current we're, events we're in the impressions business yeah true yeah look at us we're a golf we're a golf podcast now well i think that you guys brought up a lot of interesting points about how mental health was weaved into the show too and um you know, that's not something I think the, the casual viewer is going to pick up on right away. So I appreciate the nuance you guys brought to, to that angle. That's what we do, baby. We'll take it. <laughs> We're nuanced kings. We contain multitudes. Yeah.